The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 31. I am Brian Kilby, back. I was out sick last week, wasn't I? Yes, you were. Was that what I said? That's what you claimed. That's what I claimed. Yeah. I know what it was. I So I had to have a root canal today, and I was suffering so bad last week, uh, and I just couldn't do the show. So I had the root canal today, so I'm actually pretty good. I'm actually still a little drugged up, so if I sound loopy, that's why. Uh, but last week, you guys talked about uh, tag team wrestling, and uh, Tom had mentioned, and Tom is here, by the way, in his JT. Yeah. Yes, yes. You mentioned uh, that I don't like demolition. And I do want. I do want to defend myself in one respect. As a kid, when they were heels or faces, I didn't care. I loved demolition. It's just as I've become an adult, in the grand scheme of things, I don't see them as important in the sphere of tag team wrestling as I see somebody like the Rock and Roll Express or the Midnight Express. But as a kid, I absolutely loved them. I don't think they suck. I've never said that. I just don't think they are. The, even though they were the longest running, you know, reigning WWF tag team champions, I still don't really think that matters that much. I'm willing to be wrong. I did love them, but I just don't, right, well, just don't think we'll they're as important as Midnight Express. We'll just accept that you're wrong. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that is totally fair. But I did want to get that out. I did want to get that out there. I, I think it would be unfair to compare them to the the Midnight Express or the rock, the Rockers or the Rock and Roll Express because they were just a good powerhouse team that could could move, which you need for guys like the Rockers and and the Midnight Express. Uh, the Rock good contrast. The Rockers are also a team I don't think in in history and in, in the grand scheme of things matter that much. Well, I don't like Shawn Michaels, so I am the I think Shawn Michaels was a really good wrestler. I just don't think Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of all time, like a lot of people think. I just don't think he. I don't think he can even lace up Ric Flair's boots. Well, I think WWE just wanted to kind of manufacture their own Ric Flair, and that's where Shawn Michaels kind I mean, of came he, in. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's he was a really talented wrestler. He he just doesn't have the resume that you know Ric Flair or Harley Race or somebody like that has. Oh, definitely not. I mean, he's one of the lowest drawing champions of all time, too. Yeah. So, so so are we just here to hate on a? Sean Michaels today. Yes, so absolutely. That's what we're going to do. So uh, right. you get me, you get me started on Sean Michaels. I can, I can talk all day long. So, <laughs> so uh, JT is JT has been coming up with the topics because I have been really bad about that. So the topic for the show this week is uh, favorite gimmick matches. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about our gimmick of the week. Before we get to that, I have a correction from last week. I, I made a mention that uh, my friend Mark G does all of the. Uh, uh, Photoshop pictures and and logos and stuff for me. I said he's one of the people, but I I, I left out a certain person who listens to this show. Oh no, uh, Bob Hazelwood. He does most of the Photoshop pictures. Mark G does probably almost just as much, but not quite as much. When you say and there's a couple there's a couple other guys that does the Photoshops for me, but Bob Hazelwood, great guy. He actually has a podcast with. Uh, Terry Garvin Sims from back in the day, who I neglected to mention as one of my favorite tag team workers last week from the team Beauty and the Beast uh, down in Dallas and Memphis. But uh, 
anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to Bob and say that I appreciate all that he does, and I did not mean to neglect him. And thank you for listening. Hey, what kind what kind of Photoshop work does he do for you? Uh, he does all kinds of uh, randomly stupid pictures. Okay, it it's hard to explain. Like like there, there's there's thousands of them on my page. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so. yeah, he does like where he puts Tom in different situations. Yeah, normally Tom wouldn't be in. <laughs> uh, JT, what's our gimmick this week? It's the granddaddy of them all. Probably one of the most successful gimmicks of all time, The Undertaker. And uh, I figured we'd bring him up. It's topical. He just retired this year. And um, Undertaker, of course, everybody, I think pretty much everybody knows The Undertaker. I, there's very few people that would probably not know The Undertaker. And um, his uh, WWE career started all the way back in around uh, 1989, 1990. And um, that's where he was brought into the Survivor Series. Um, He was a mystery partner. And I believe the partner he was filling in for might have been um, Bad News Brown. And uh, because Bad News Brown supposedly didn't want a team with uh, the Million Dollar Team. So uh, the He's originally called Kane the Undertaker too. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't uh, admit to that anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't mention that very often. I, I think he was they managed. They did. Oh god. Oh, I think they scrubbed that from the WWE network oh, they altogether. Totally, they did. Yeah. <laughs> and he was managed by Brother Love. But uh, yeah, the Undertaker. I remember when he made his debut um, for something that shouldn't be a gimmick that was taken that seriously. Uh, he was scary. Uh, coming out to the big dongs of the bell and uh, the way he moved like a zombie, uh, everything was just very intimidating about him. And uh, the first person he ever tombstoned on television was Coco Beware. And uh, I think he was uh, double counted out in that match uh, with Dusty Rhodes. But um, he quickly rose to the top. Uh, He ended up um, just less than a year later beating Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight title. And, um, of course that was a controversial finish. And, uh, his first loss was dealt to him at the Tuesday in Texas when, uh, Hogan rolled him up. Um, I actually, I saw a uh, video of, uh, it was over in Spain where, uh, Tito Santana beat the undertaker. Really? In a match. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> at a house show. So I thought that that up completely blew my mind. But uh, yeah, The Undertaker was just probably one of the top heels in the company, just very mysterious. And uh, until he uh, ended up turning very surprisingly face in 1992 when um, Jake Roberts tried to hit uh, Monster Man and Miss Elizabeth with a steel chair, and The Undertaker just stopped him. And uh, then they went into a feud, and um, then he was a face from there. The people absolutely loved him. He ended up beating Jake at WrestleMania. And um, pretty much uh, went into legend. Uh, he's went through several different changes. Uh, he's, I think that's one of his, uh, the great things about him is he's able to reinvent himself every five or six years while well, he was able to reinvent himself. Because, um, of course, he had like the original, the original uh, Undertaker dead man where he moved kind of slow um, with the gray, gray gloves. Then he started wearing uh, purple gloves. Started getting uh, moving a little bit faster. Uh, he became the Lord of Darkness, which uh, I yeah. loved at the time. <laughs> I, I didn't. I totally. Didn't. <laughs> but going back and watching it, like uh, when we watched the uh, 
the dark wedding or the black wedding. I was like, well, maybe I didn't like, I shouldn't have liked this stuff as much as I did. But as a kid, I loved it. So he was like a, uh, almost like a satanic cult leader. And, um, after that era was one of my least favorite eras, the American badass era. Oh, can I say that on there? American badass? No, you can't say that. <laughs> can I say that, that, say that the American, uh, badass was my favorite character? Really? But yes. Why was that? Because like when the undertaker first debuted, I was at an age that it was cool. Mm-hmm. But then as I grew up, uh, the dead zombie wrestler just lost my interest. Uh, like, I mean, I always enjoyed his matches, but like it was kind of a little too hokey for me because I knew he wasn't dead. I knew he was <laughs> a real guy. Uh, uh, and then once he just became a real guy and was a real guy, but I, I go way back and I, I, I mean, I watched him when he was the Punisher in uh, Texas. So uh, I've always been a fan of him, always loved him in the ring. But the Undertaker gimmick as the dead guy eventually kind of just it wore out its welcome with me. Well, I definitely think that he wouldn't be as enduring if he just would have went straight through as the dead man Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I think the American Badass wasn't necessary for him um, because it kind of reinvigorated his character. Just might not have been something I particularly cared for. I first became aware of him when he was part of the skyscrapers before he, yes. yeah, when he was Mark Calloway. Yeah. yeah Mark Callis. Yeah. When Callis. he did the heart punch that when it, that was his finisher back, uh, uh, before the WWF days. Yeah. I mean, even when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I was old enough. Uh, if he, if he started like in 1990, I would have been 11. Yeah. 11. I mean, I knew that he wasn't dead. Uh, but, um, I, I just thought he was so cool. Uh, I, as a kid, I loved heels. I never really, I, I loved, Hulk. actually, I, I guess I loved all wrestlers because I loved Hulk Hogan too. Um, but I love the undertaker. He was the coolest thing ever. He really, uh, reinvigorated the WWF for me. Um, thinking about it, when do you guys, when did you guys realize that he could actually put on a good match? Like I said, like I'd watched him, uh, like he was the, I think he was the world-class heavyweight champion or whatever they, they called their champion then. And, he had a, like a big feud with uh, Kerry Von Erich and and then his stuff in uh, WCW. I always enjoyed him. And then once he came to the WWF, like I, I knew it was him and like the moving slow and the not really much going on in the match uh, didn't do a lot for me. But his character was so cool. It kept me kept me involved. But uh, it wasn't much longer, like a few years after he debuted is when he started speeding up and having better matches. Right. I don't remember. Him. Well, it's all relative because it, it seems like uh, ni- from 1990 to 1996 or so was a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. The first, I don't, I think the first match, I don't, the first match I think that I can remember that I thought that was phenomenal that he was in was that uh, King of the Ring with Mick Foley, but I know there had to be something before that. I think it was like 95, 96 when he started wrestling more. Um, I think it was after he got his face smashed by uh, Mabel. And, um, that's when he started coming back and being, being a little bit more, uh, active in the ring. Um, cause, uh, that was around the time when he did wrestle mankind, which that's another, uh, character that completely blew me away Yeah, when he debuted. Um, I remember how shocked I was when, uh, man, uh, mankind beat him at that one pay-per-view. Um, I think that was that, uh, I can't remember when that was, that might've been King of the ring, uh, like the year before the big fall 
But um, the Undertaker, uh, I, he was just a phenomenal athlete. And um, I mean, when he does that, when he did that jump over the top rope, it was, uh, I mean, just crazy to see somebody that big move like that. Um, I know he was always a big uh, MMA fan. Yeah. And I, he started trying to be more like MMA-ish uh, in the later years. Mm-hmm. Which um, I hated. I absolutely yeah. hated. Didn't, didn't it coincide, though, with the American Badass stuff, or did that come after? It was a little after the Badass. Okay. Or maybe towards the end of it. Because he started doing, like, the Kimura and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, was that, I, that's a Hell's Gate, isn't it? Yeah. I, I hated the... Uh, when he got the guy in the corner and just punched him like 20 times in the stomach, real rapid fire, uh, that, that just always looked bad to me. But, um, I want to go back to the American badass gimmick again. Uh, he, uh, what I liked about that is like, he showed how much personality he had. Like he showed, like, not only was he a good wrestler that could play a character, but like he had tons of personality and, uh, could talk and could, uh, uh, just be a, a real character like i thought that added a lot to him but uh once once he started going back and then started uh tagging up with kane because i i cut off your chronological order oh that's the, all right the uh oh, what they call themselves uh the brothers of destruction yeah and then then he started getting back into the uh dead man gimmick i can with I, kane i can never forgive him for killing his parents yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was his fault he he messed Kane up bad with everything he did. But one thing uh, I did love is he brought uh, Paul Bear, Percival Pringle the Third, to the uh, WWF and, and made a big star out of him. Because I, I don't know if you guys ever saw him mm-hmm. uh, uh, before he was Paul Bearer, but I put him on a level with Bobby Heenan as being entertaining and just a good manager before then. And I was glad that he got uh, a, a big spotlight. Yeah, Percy was really entertaining. He seemed like he'd be a fun guy to hang around. And uh, he called The Undertaker Wendy. What? Uh, yeah, he, uh, he called the... Well, I think he was the only one allowed to call him that because uh, he had red hair. <laughs> so he called him Wendy all the time. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't think anybody else dared to do it. I wouldn't. Uh, some of the stories about Paul Bear are pretty funny. Uh, like his uh, how much he hated Sonny. And Who didn't? <laughs> uh, definitely, we need to... Uh, recommend listening to uh the shoot interview with jim Cornette and uh paul bear that was a great shoot interview because they were just having a lot of fun um yeah the undertaker uh after the dead man he eventually uh returned to the uh or after the american badass he eventually returned to the dead man gimmick i didn't like it because he never went full undertaker ever again um but i think that was just me i think it was uh a lot of times when I, if I don't like something, I realize that it's probably not the best, even if I don't like it. Um, cause I have a very particular taste, but, um, yeah, after the, uh, he had a few more, uh, heavyweight title runs after that. And then, um, he would started wrestling probably once or twice a year. Uh, cause the, uh, undertaker streak was a, was a huge deal. Um, I don't think you ever really started hearing about the streak probably until he was about, Probably about 14 and 0, like 15 and 0. I don't remember it until recently. That's That was one of the moments I was shocked when Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker. Um, I didn't know how I felt about it, uh, analyzing it later on. So I didn't know if, um, I don't know if that was the right decision or not. Because it seemed like it should have been maybe a younger guy that needed the 
needed the push. Like if uh, he would have beat Brock Lesnar, and then uh, Bray Wyatt would have beat him the next year. Yeah, Bray you Wyatt. Know? Uh, but uh, it just seemed kind of pointless after he lost the streak for him to wrestle a few more WrestleManias after yeah. that. And then, um, of course, Roman Reigns uh, was the one that ended his career, which is very controversial. Uh, I know that uh, I think it was the uh, the Brock Lesnar match is when he really started looking bad, I thought. Like, I thought he looked really bad in that Brock Lesnar match. Um, what do you guys think about that? I, I agree, but I... Uh, Apparently he got a concussion early on yeah, in the match. He did. He did. So that's why the match was was a little rough. Uh, he he was not in good shape during the match. Uh, it's one of those things where I know wrestling is a work, but at Taker's age, no matter how great he was, there's no way in hell that he could have taken Brock Lesnar in a fight in or in a wrestling match. And I just couldn't suspend the disbelief that he could. So yeah. I I liked it, and also it really helped give Brock uh, a nice refresh that he needed because that really rejuvenated his character. Yeah, they used it really well too uh, when Paul Heyman coming out and everything. Yeah, but you know um, it's not often that they do things well like that, and I yeah they <laughs> I, they really did uh, elevate Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the uh, Undertaker kind of reminded me of the way Ric Flair was like towards the end of his career. Like he looked fine, he looked fine, then whoa, he looked old. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, just older than like he just looked absolutely older than crap, and um, I think really, I mean, he Undertaker kept up a pretty, pretty heavy pace for a lot of years, and um, I mean, I'm not dogging him for not looking looking so great People towards age. the end there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the uh, Shane McMahon match was very unnecessary. Yep. Um, yes. Of course, I, I thought the I, AJ Styles uh, Shane McMahon match was unnecessary too. It was, but it was probably <laughs> the second best match on the card. Yeah, yeah, if not the best. It, at least the AJ Styles match uh, turned out good, and uh, the Undertaker Shane McMahon match was just a hundred percent, so Shane could jump off the gauge. Yeah, yeah. but like, that was probably the biggest match though uh, for that WrestleMania because Shane McMahon was so wildly popular back in the day. And his mm. return was a big deal. Like people that I know who stopped watching wrestling got engaged in with into wrestling again because of that. Because of Shane's return, it wasn't that good, but it still brought people in, which I think is great. Well, they uh, that WrestleMania, I think they had a lot of trouble with injuries. Like they had hardly anybody to yeah. pull from. Yeah, and uh, I that really shows the WWE spot about them making new stars because. Um, I they I just don't think they can make new stars anymore. Um, so I, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't just I I don't know what exactly is wrong with their formula, but I know there's something wrong. So one thing I want to mention: um, it, historically, Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler has been like Dr. Jerry Graham. Um, but these days, if you ask Vince who his favorite wrestler of all time is, he says it's the Undertaker, and I think that's fitting considering what a good soldier. The, the Undertaker was for the WWE and WWF. Uh, he was such a he was such a big deal, not just for the company uh, on TV, but behind the scenes. Yeah, he was uh, like definitely a, a locker room leader. Um, he uh, he was there. He was a company man. Yep. I mean, he did whatever whatever he could. Uh, he's definitely got a lifetime job in WWE, uh, even though he's not. Uh, wrestling anymore i'm sure they'll have something for him to do um but we did forget to talk about his greatest achievement Uh oh 
The Undertaker's greatest achievement ever. Wrestling himself. <laughs> no, no, not even not even that. He he starred in Suburban Commando. Oh god. He didn't he, star in Suburban he Commando. Was, he was featured in Suburban Commando. <laughs> he was my he was a star for me. <laughs> that was uh that was before he actually made his uh WWE WWF debut. Really? Yep. Yeah. I didn't realize. Well, it came out, I think, after he debuted. As a kid, I wasn't smart, smartened up to things like movies take time to make. I figured it just, you know, they just popped him out like that. So, uh, what was this one line? You're going to get it, Ramsey. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I you, think you would know much better than me. I, oh, I love Suburban Commando. I may have that on Blu ray. Oh, yeah. That's something we need to watch and then talk about. I definitely have No Holds Barred on Blu ray. Oh, I love No Holds Barred. Yeah. What's that smell? Oh no. <laughs> Dookie. That's great. Dookie. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go ahead and talk about uh gimmick matches. Uh JT, what was your idea behind this uh topic? Oh, just favorite matches that you uh get excited about upcoming. Um just uh like uh just cr- kind of crazier gimmick matches. Um I guess you could use say cage matches or anything, but um, like I like, uh, one of my favorite matches was the slop match, oh the, the hog pin match, uh, triple H and Henry <laughs> Goblin. I love that one. Of course. Uh, I've been wanting to do that on shows for years, but I've never, uh, been worked with a company able to have the budget to bring in a bunch of pigs and a, and a bunch of mud and stuff. But one of these days I'm going to do a hog pin match. Um, some of the, uh, of course, you also got matches like cage matches. Um, I would consider that a gimmick match. Um, even something like uh, I, I used to love Survivor Series. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Those were just so awesome to see uh, all the like all your dream favorite guys like teaming together against all the main bad guys. Um, even the Royal Rumble would be considered like a battle royal. Royal Rumble would be considered what I would call a gimmick match. Um, is your favorite, ma- uh, is your favorite type of match though? The, uh, type a death match. Oh, those are, those are awful. Yeah. That's matches. the worst <laughs> matches ever. Sorry. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I mean, if you got, if that strikes your fancy, you got like barbed wire matches, you got the scorpion in a box match over in Japan. No God. Uh, there's endless amounts of those matches, um, over in, uh, those, uh, garbage companies in Japan that do those matches. But, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Just uh, favorite gimmick matches, like um, like I said, with the the hog pin match was one of my favorites, of course. So, Tom, what are some of your favorite gimmick matches? Well, like uh, I don't, I like the uh, I always as a kid used to enjoy when they do a lumberjack match. Yeah, that always that was always pretty cool. Or the um, I like the Indian strap match. That's my favorite. Whatever. Yep. Yes, that's my favorite. Got to hit all yeah. four corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are so violent and rough. They can be. I and I both loved and hated war games. Uh, that was always one of my favorite, but I always hated the uh, submission ending. It just didn't work. Yeah, it always seemed kind of anticlimactic. Uh, let's see what else. And you know, back when they could do it, the uh, first blood matches uh, uh, were were pretty inter- entertaining. Um, even though I'm not really a fan of blood anymore. The uh, uh, even the I quit matches like uh, the Terry Funk uh, Ric Flair match was great. Yeah, anything that's just kind of out of the norm. Um, 
yeah because like the uh, indian strap match a lot of them are the same like uh it's like the bull rope match um the chain match mm-hmm. uh i i've done a lot of bull rope and chain matches so the the, the chain match they hurt yeah well so okay that i was gonna ask uh so you get whipped with a chain i know like i know yeah. guys get whipped with uh, a leather strap which is bad enough but i can't imagine a chain Oh man, they get the big logging chains too. Man, that hurts. I tell you what. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I've done uh, like the we. I've done a lot of dog collar matches too. Oh, those are um, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was those Rock, are rough because you Ronnie got Piper did that with who? Who was it? That he Greg did? Valentine. Greg Valentine. Valentine. Oh my god, that was a great match. Y'all, they beat the crap out of each yeah. other. Um, yeah, the uh, the chain matches. Uh, they'll you're pretty bruised up afterwards because uh, those chains are very unforgiving. Uh, the rope matches, uh, the, uh, the cowbells, what hurts on that? Cause they're swinging <laughs> that cowbell around, smack you right in the head. So um, you mentioned matches where you get the crap kicked out of you. Uh, like, but the, the strap matches are often, they can be so good. I know there are, there are matches where the gimmick is bad, but you still get hurt. Uh, for the most part, I think the last one was pretty good, but the elimination chamber that they have in, in the WWE I hate that those ma- most of those matches so much, and they are just so prone to injuring guys. I don't know that they're worth it. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, chance of injury in those matches because they're slamming each other on the uh, the metal grating on the outside and stuff. Um, yep. One of the things too you got to worry about with like a lot of like that cage stuff is uh, the, there's barbs on those little uh, on the cages. There's like little barbs of metal. And, uh, you hit that thing just right. You're split open like a coconut. <laughs> and, uh, I've, I've had many a times where I've had my head banged off a cage and just tore my head, my forehead open. Yep. Well, now, uh, something not dangerous that I always used to love, uh, was, would be, uh, you guys remember the battle bowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The battle bowl. Where with the lethal lottery and just random <laughs> teams teaming up. Completely uh, random. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was just, uh, dusty. It was different. Yeah, uh, those are a lot of fun because you're like, oh no, DDP and the Barbarian are going to team up. Yeah, what's going to happen? I so you, know, like, you mentioned you mentioned Survivor Series. Um, for me, Survivor Series is one that's like the Royal Rumble that transcends the gimmick, and it really had it really had a meaning. It was something that the uh, the the gimmick either perpetuated or I guess I don't know that it ever actually really ended a feud like typically a good gimmick match like especially one that's hard hitting like a strap match or something would be something that might be uh, potentially like a blow off match where somebody just gets the crap kicked out of them and you know uh, like Terry Funk finally beats whoever or Ric Flair finally beats whoever they move on to the next feud Um but Survivor Series is one that always meant a lot to me because I guess just because they did such a good, a good job promoting it, uh, I, I feel that we don't have that anymore. Not at all. Yeah, I was really disappointed when they stopped doing the actual like Survivor Series. I uh, love matches. It. I love King of the Ring. I know Rain, that they, on a gimmick. Yeah, that was a fun one too. Uh, the tournament style. Was, well, I guess it's a gimmick pay per view. Yeah, which they don't do anymore. But uh, yeah, it used to be like, well, back. Back when it first started, wrestling actually had a middle card that mattered. Uh, so they were able to build up big feuds and then medium-sized feuds and yeah. little feuds. And then they could mesh them in with, you know, 
five guys on each side that all had a little bit of a story going into the match. And uh, now the uh, Survivor Series matches at the Survivor Series are for the guys they have no other spots for. Yeah. Um, like, I remember uh, whenever uh, Tito Santana got tagged in with Rick Martel in the ring, I was like, oh, it's on. It is yeah. on. Because <laughs> it seemed like those guys feuded for like 20 years, even though it was probably only like five. Given our gimmick of the week, uh, we should probably mention the uh, casket match. Yeah, absolutely. Which That's, I always enjoyed most of the time. I've been in two casket matches. Really? Yeah. And I've lost each one. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's creepy being in a casket. I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, on, Actually, I came up with a uh, a gimmick match uh, when me and my tag team partner uh, JoJo were we were doing the uh, Black Bloods, and um, we uh, painted our faces uh, like a uh, red, like we had blood on our faces and everything. And I was kind of like a almost like a uh, Jason Voorhees type character. Uh, we did a match called the uh, Better Roses match. At, and it was my my entire idea, because the uh, team we wrestled with were the uh, called the single white males, and they always came out and gave uh, roses to girls in the audience. And uh, I had this grand idea, and it was going to be awesome, where we got a casket, and we filled it up with roses, like with the thorns. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you had to, of course, get loose, get thrown in there with the thorns, and we could like beat each other with the thorns. It was probably the worst executed match I'd ever been in. <laughs> because we could only get like 20 roses. <laughs> so, uh, in the, uh, casket, uh, it was built for us. Um, we had, it was like one of those old fashioned caskets, like the Western ones, the side broke out of it during part of the match. And it was, it was awful, but, uh, I still say that the idea was good on paper. It just didn't get executed. But, um, the other casket match I was in was an actual casket with the uh, lining and everything in it. And, um, after I got put in it, um, they ended the show and, uh, they left me in it for a while, which I was not happy about. So I was in there for about 20 minutes. That sucks. That really and, uh, sucks. I was banging like, ah, give me the out of here. <laughs> so, uh, they all, they opened it later on and were laughing about it, but I wasn't laughing very hard with them. So for a quick chance to cross promote with another podcast on uh, the podcast that I now do called, how was your weekend? On the third episode, I, I recount a time that I was buried in a shallow grave making a movie. That also sucked. Oh, wow. Yeah, but probably not as bad as being stuck in a casket for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was no fun. Yeah. Well, right, well, we, uh, what were you doing getting buried in the ground? I was uh, zom- in the movie. I was a zombie, and I was rising from oh. the grave. Not fun. I have to watch that movie. No. Oh. It's terrible. <laughs> we will not talk about that movie again. I was in a zombie movie, too. Really? Yeah, uh, it's horrible. I can't. I can't even watch it, and I'm in it. So, <laughs> do you guys want to talk about uh, like the ladder match? That was something that uh, back in the mid '90s was highly innovative. Well, hang on. Before we get there, let's continue with the Undertaker gimmick matches because he's pretty famous for kind of being the catalyst of another cage style match that we haven't mentioned: the Punjabi Prison match. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See, you thought I was going to go hell in a cell. <laughs> the Punjabi prison match. That was a, that was a debacle. The cage. I, cool. I almost bought the uh, toy of it. Cause they actually made like a Punjabi prison playset. Yeah. That's awful for the one time. I don't think I ever saw the match, but, uh, the cage looked really cool. 
But, well, you knew darn well Big Show wasn't going to climb that thing. Yeah. Obviously, Hell in a Cell was the uh, one that I was that he's most known for being. Yeah, the, that was that was brutal. Uh, first one was with Shawn Michaels, I believe. Yes. At uh, was it Bad Blood? Yes, you're correct. Yeah, uh, 1997. Um, that was with Kane. Yeah, with Kane, Kane debuted in that match, ripped the door off. Um, God, that was such a great match. Yeah, that was uh, that was brutal, and Kane at the end was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I remember that was a very that was a surprising finish when he just came in and ripped that door off. Uh, that's that was definitely a heck of a debut for Kane. Absolutely. And um, yeah, the Undertaker's uh, synonymous for gimmick matches, of course, because he's a great gimmick. But uh, we also had like the Buried Alive match. Um, oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. Oh yeah, those were those were fun on uh, SmackDown, the video game. Always mm-hmm. like putting those people in the caskets and stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just a glorified casket match, but uh, I love the uh, Yokozuna Undertaker casket match. Yeah, me too. When the, at the end, when he floated out, his spirit floated out of the casket. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That was pretty so, awesome. So about the ladder match. Yeah, I mean that was that seemed like it, that was a really big deal uh, for a while, and it just became overdone. Then they started adding chairs and tables. And, yeah, because now a regular ladder match doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I know. Um, well, just like with the Hell in the Cell, they started out with good intentions, and then it just became, how can we all do the last one, and less about putting on a good match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah, because Undertaker and Sean didn't even go outside of the, the Hell in a Cell. But now it seems like the, every time they have a Hell in a Cell, they go outside. Yeah, well, you have to. Yeah, yeah, because you keep. Uh, that's uh, that's one thing that I think uh, why ECW was did so much damage to wrestling was mm-hmm. because they went so far, and now you can't bring it back, and the crowd won't accept the normal stuff that used to work. Like one chair shot should knock a person out, you know. But it just now a chair shot hardly does any damage anymore because of the way ECW did it. Yeah. And uh, I remember when, uh, was it Macho Man put Jerry Lawler through a table in Memphis? Was that Jerry Lawler he put through the table with the pile driver? Uh, uh, yeah, I believe so. They had a big feud down in Memphis. Yeah, and they had to uh, stretch your Jerry Lawler out. And he was just put through one table. Just one. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then, that's well, all he needed. And then Terry Funk did the same thing to Ric Flair. Oh, it God. Was, it was... yeah. The scariest thing anybody had ever seen that on was TV. The best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, so. Definitely less is more in wrestling because the human body can only take so much. What I don't like about the ladder match is the way they do them now. It's not that hard to climb a ladder. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to climb a ladder, and they either make themselves look like like idiots, or they just are obviously ignoring the point of the match and setting up other spots. Uh, yeah. But I like it when they climb up and then they like jump off. They're like, you're right there. Yeah. Just grab the title. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. The, um, cause, uh, the ladder match, I know the, the most famous one was Sean and razor, but Brett and, uh, Sean had some really good ones, um, all throughout like the, uh, house show circuits, uh, when, they were feuding over the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I remember they used to be on like my, uh, WrestleFest VHS tapes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had that. Tour. Yeah. 
and uh, they had some really good ladder matches, and they like the psychology in them was wonderful. Um, the because they weren't like climbing up the ladder slow, you know, like they weren't doing all that hokey stuff they do now. It was just two guys fighting to beat the other guy up so he could climb up the ladder. Um, yeah, because I know a lot of people say that like the Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels was like the greatest match of all time. No, it, it 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 was a, an amazing match when it first aired, but at this point, you go back and watch it, which I've done recently, and it's good, but it just doesn't have the same uh, energy that you know it's it's been there, done that. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the latter, uh, of course, then like yeah, like the uh, the TLC matches. Um, I mean, the, t- the tag team TLC matches were pretty awesome for the first couple of years with the Hardys and the yeah. Dudleys and, um, edge and Christian. Uh, but I think those two eventually got watered down to the point where it just didn't matter anymore. And I think that's a problem with a lot with wrestling is it stuff just doesn't matter as much as it used to. Um, I was on a show, uh, Thursday and, uh, I had to follow these two young guys that were just, they were amazing workers and uh, I'm sitting there watching their mat, their matches and they're doing all these like flips and stuff off the ropes and stuff. And I'm like, darn, I'm about to follow these guys. And, uh, I went out there and I got, uh, just a big, if not bigger pop, just from doing a body slam and a splash. So I think that really, uh, reinforces like the, uh, less is more, you know, just as long as you make it look good. Uh, but I had a conversation with Bobby Fulton at a show um he was coming out like we were in a tag team and he i was in a singles match earlier in the show and his match was next and i was coming out with him and we were watching uh two two of the best workers in the the dayton ohio area in the cincinnati like just in ohio uh they're just two phenomenal workers and this was at like some fundraising show at a high school and there were like 300 people there none of which were hardcore wrestling fans and they were suplexing each other on the floor and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and Bobby looked at me. He's like, you know, Tom, five minutes. These people are all going to forget about everything that they're doing to kill themselves. But five years from now, they'll remember your match when you stuck your thumb up that guy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds like Bobby. <laughs> so, yeah. So what kind of match was it where you shoved? Was it a? Oh, no, it was just a regular match. That was part- not actually the match. I was in the locker room yeah. before. Yeah. I was in the locker room before the match. Yeah, we practiced it a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Interesting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, less less can be a lot more in, in involving the people in the long run. No, it's, it's harder on TV to put matches like that on, though, because uh, there's so much other stuff fighting for your attention when you're sitting at home on your couch, like the action on TV has to constantly keep you engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why, uh, independent shows are so much fun because it's just yes. more the, the purest form of wrestling and what wrestling, uh, doesn't necessarily need to be, but it's like, I think it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Small shows on almost any form of entertainment. Like I just, uh, uh, was when, uh, to a bunch of shows, uh, with shooter Jennings and saw him and his band and, just in smaller venues with a few hundred people at each of them. And like, there's just at a small show of any type, there's just a better energy. Like 
rather than being like one of 10,000 or rather than sitting at home and watching it. Like you just can't compete with the small show Phil. It's a uh, personal. Yeah. Yeah. More personal. What else? Any other, what other gimmicks do we think of? Uh, well, we got uh, the coal miners glove match. Oh God. <laughs> I, I used to love those to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so the most recent example I think is from, was it spin the wheel, make the deal? Yeah. It was staying in Jake Roberts. I, th- I believe that was a fairly common match that they would have. It's uh, because the actually like the coal miners actually wore gloves that had stuff on them. So if they needed to, they could punch the rocks and not hurt their hands. And so in, in the coal mining communities, which was big uh, NWA territories, uh, they use that a lot. Uh, my dad was a coal miner for all of one year. He could not cut it. And he, he moved to West Virginia, then moved back to North Carolina. After yeah. a year of doing it, it's 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 a tough job. Oh yeah, my uh, my great grandpa, or no, it was my grandpa. He was a coal miner for years because uh, my dad he they were so poor they didn't even have a floor in their house. They just had dirt, and uh, they had to, like they had those consignment shops where you got paid and money you can only spend at those shops. And uh, of course, you're in there breathing in all that crap and the mines, and that's a that's a rough job. People still die from it all the time today. Yes, they do. They have all those cave-ins. Yeah. That's dangerous. Something I wouldn't want to do. Um, yeah, there's been, there's a lot of matches like that, like the coal miners, like glove matches, like different types of gloves. Um, the the Texas Tornado style. Put anything on a pole. Oh, yeah, Texas Tornado match. Yeah. yeah that then was, you got, you got uh, your Chicago street fight, your bad street fight, your... Bad street fight. <laughs> or <laughs> Texas street fight. All the matches were the, were exactly the same, just with different names. Uh, yeah, the uh, 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 the Judy Bagwell on a pole. Oh match. God! I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Vince Russo. <laughs> that was a great one. Uh, yeah, WCW had some crazy ones toward the end. I think they had a Viagra on a pole match. They did. With, yeah, uh, Shane Douglas and Billy Kidman. Yeah, um, they had the pinata on a pole match. You guys remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Where the pinata fell, but they kept picking it up and lifting it. Like it was, <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. Now, well, TNA had like, uh, like the King of the Mountain match, right? Which was like a reverse battle royal or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what that was. Yeah. It was something like that, like a reverse battle royal. Uh, but wasn't the bunkhouse stampede just a cage match that you last person out or something won? I think so. Yeah. Uh, there were so many of those matches. Uh, TNA actually had some pretty decent uh, gimmick matches from time to time. Like I thought the X match was kind of innovative. Is that the the, the thing where they climbed? And- yeah, they put the like the the X on the wires. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, their cage was interesting, where you had to climb out that little hole, mm-hmm. at the top. Um, they did they did some good jobs on that stuff. Um, of course, then they had, what was that one match with Sting and Abyss with the uh, candles? And they put them in a casket and they raised it up into the ceiling. Uh, I, the last rides match or something. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> like, uh, what were some of the like the dumbest uh, gimmick matches you can think of? I, I think of the, uh, what was it the dog kennel match? Oh, God. He didn't yeah. Like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, what was the uh, when the Rock wrestled uh, British Bulldog and was it the poo poo oh, bladder God. match? <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, 
But I think that's more along the line of stuff like slot buckets and stuff like that. Oh, God, the slot bucket. That's awful. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I mean, that was not like a gimmicked, you know, slot bucket. That was like a legit slot bucket, basically. Yeah. God. Um. Yeah, they had stuff. Uh, I, I remember, what was it? When we watched that uh, Snow Bunnies match with Harvey Whippleman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the All the lingerie and the tuxedo match. Can't forget the tuxedo match. Tuxedo match is a big deal. Yeah. um, I always wanted to challenge Tom McLean to a tuxedo match. I I accept. Just get it booked. Because I know I got a 50% chance because he never wears pants. What was the uh, biggest, what was the most famous tuxedo match? Uh, Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was in Mid-South. Well, you had uh, Howard Finkel and Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah. uh, those are always good matches. Um, that's something they haven't done for a while. Matches like that. Yeah, wrestling's <laughs> dead. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> we'll bring it back one of these days. Yeah. Actually, I'm getting ready to compete um, in July. Uh, was it July 8th in a uh, tar and feather match? What? Yeah, we're doing a tar and feather match July 8th. How are you going to do that? Well, we got some uh, tar and feathers. Doesn't like boiling tar actually just kill you isn't that how that works well actually it's going to be uh maple syrup but oh uh that, that, that's actually, more reasonable <laughs> we've done tar and feather i've done a tar and feather match before uh actually we used molasses the first time and that was a mistake because uh molasses molasses is pretty thick smelly and it's hard to get out so i think syrup will specifically sugar-free syrup i think that'll work better i'm trying to watch my figure <laughs> Cool. What else? But Anything he, else? I definitely, uh, I love gimmick matches for the most part. Um, I think it just gives you a way to be more inventive and more creative. Um, cause you can pretty much make a gimmick match out of anything. Uh, I mean like they had like the CM Punk and, uh, Chavo Guerrero. Uh, what was that? The, uh, the Rio Grande river match where you had to throw your opponent in the Rio Grande river. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, you can do pretty much anything you want with enough, uh, in, Enough creativity. Um, or lack of creativity. Yeah, that too. But uh, some of the, I remember some of the uh, Crash Holly 24-7 title defenses were really a lot of fun. Like when he was, uh, like when they, the Mean Street Posse attacked him in his hotel room. Or when he was in the uh, ball pit at Magic Mountain. Um, that was that stuff was a lot of fun. I think I, that was unfortunately something that got overplayed too was the hardcore match. but yep. Yeah, it definitely did. I, I was in a, a match specifically, a gimmick match specifically made for the, the gimmick that I was doing at the time. It was a selfie match. <laughs> what? So so in order to win the match, you have to beat your opponent up to the point that you could take a selfie with them. Oh, that's clever. That's a good idea. At, at the time, I had been uh, taking my phone out with me. And this was before uh, Tyler Breeze was doing it in NXT. And, uh, so I, I stopped after he started doing it, but, um, and I had a selfie stick that I would use and, uh, I was using it actually for me just to film my matches and I was just making it part of my entrance. And, uh, <laughs> so, so I got the guy in a, a Fujiwara arm bar and, and took the selfie with him while he was in the arm bar and couldn't get out. That is super clever. I love that. <laughs> I'll steal that idea. Uh, go, go right ahead. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. I had, uh, when I had you coming out with that mirror, I had, uh, something 
I wanted to eventually get you in like some sort of like mirror match or something like where you had like a bunch of different mirrors in the ring and smash them over each other. Yeah. I did a good enough job smashing them in the back. Yeah. Remember that referee? He just dropped it and broke it. Yeah. (laughs) That was the third mirror too. I know. I gave up after that. Those mirrors were like $3. (laughs) That's getting expensive. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, I mean that that's uh, like the selfie match there. That's uh, very creative. That's a good idea. Um, those are, I think that's the, uh, the spirit of the gimmick match is just to be creative. Yeah. And incorporate the character to make it, uh, work with the character in the match. Yeah. And it's a good, uh, feud blow off. Um, like if it's like a diapers, diaper match, uh, weasel suit match, uh, it's just a good way to blow off the, uh, haircut match um just a good way to kind of put that uh final icing where the heel gets its up and comings i always enjoyed um the uh submission matches and uh yeah the i quit matches were always cool yeah and then um the iron man matches most of them i enjoyed was Uh, always an interesting gimmick well you definitely got to be good oh yeah to do that you have to be in shape oh yeah because, man, 15 minutes in that ring feels like hours. It uh, wears you out pretty quick. My only complaint with the uh, the Iron Man match now is you know what's going to happen in the fact that it's going to end up being a draw and they're going to end up adding five more minutes to whatever the allotted time is. or They, they, they just did that way too many times. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty predictable after a while. Yeah. Uh, I did a uh, two out of three fall series, or no, wait, seven. Best of seven? Yeah, I did a best of seven match. I forgot how to talk there for a second. But I did a uh, best of seven match with a guy, and I swept him. Really? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So I remember uh, it was actually Ron Mathis. Uh, after I beat him uh, for the final match, He came. I, I came back. He's like, did you just sweep him in a best of seven match? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's genius. <laughs> Because most of the time, you know, it's always like the heel wins too. Yeah. Then the face wins too. And then it's like, yeah. I was like, hey, let's try this out. I always wanted to do a, a best two out of three falls match where I come in and just like destroy the guy with the chair and get disqualified and then very easily win the next two falls. Yes. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. I would love to see that. I've never been able to do it. I've pitched it a bunch of times. I always pitched um, whenever there's a, a heavyweight champion. Um, as soon as he gets into the ring, he'll and the bell rings, he punches the ref hmm. and just yeah. grabs his belt and walks out. Because uh, you do that so many times where the guy's getting intentionally disqualified, and then uh, have somebody come out and be like, "There's no disqualification in this match," and then he gets counted out. So then the next yeah. time it's like, "There's no disqualification, no count out. You must win by pinfall or something like that." Yeah, I have punched a referee while in a submission hold. On several occasions. <laughs> well, that's a way to do it. Yeah, yep. I guess so. I've wanted to punch a few refs in my. Oh head. yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, why don't we call it quits on this one and uh, let's tell folks how they can find us. Uh, Tom, how do people get a hold of you? I am T O M M C C L A N E eight zero Tom McLean eighty at any social media site. MySpace. Uh, no. Okay. Not any, don't uh, uh, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, uh, 
all the main ones, all the important ones. Tom McLean eighty. Uh, you can find me there, and uh, you can buy some ICQ. Shirts. What the hell are you talking about? Ooh, ICQ. That's a good one. I still have ICQ. I don't. I I, I name my number. That's a pretty old uh, old chat system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't find me there. Uh, you you no. can find me at prowrestlingtees.com slash Tom McLean, and you can buy some shirts. Uh, but yeah, I'm on any any form. I'm out there. Sweet. Uh, JT? You can find me at uh, tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. Yes. And uh, that'll take you to my Facebook page. You can... Uh, Buy my shirts from there. Um, I'm also Twitter at JT underscore H-O-G-G. And uh, if you're in the Lancaster, Ohio area on uh, July 8th, we're having a big show at the Lancaster Fairfield County Fairgrounds. We're going to have Kevin Nash, Big Sexy there. Uh, it'll be a rare opportunity to see the WWE Hall of Famer, uh, Diesel, Kevin Nash, Oz. Um, I probably wouldn't bring up Oz to him. But uh, it'll be a great show. I'm going to be in a uh, tar and feather match, so that'll be fun. Sweet. Um, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at bkilby and on Instagram at Brian Kilby. You can find uh, the rest of our podcast that we do at uh, tfradio.net or at uh, facebook.com slash tfradio or on Twitter at tfradio. And uh, Take for Wrestling is also on uh, the Facebooks. It's at uh, facebook.com slash take for wrestling. And we're also on Twitter at take for wrestling. You should like us, follow us, and tell like 50 friends. At least 50. At least. At least. If uh, we get 50 more likes in the next uh, two weeks, we will send Tom McLean to your house for dinner. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm very hungry as well. <laughs> but, but I'm watching my carbs, so just keep that in mind, people. Well, you can just get them some uh, uh, Twix eggs. All right. Uh, yeah. Those are good. I almost bought some of those <laughs> today. I bought some Snickers eggs on clearance. They were good. I love those new uh, Snicker eggs, like the actual egg shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, those were Reese's. Uh, the Reese eggs that were actual like round eggs, kind of like mm-hmm. Cadbury. All those are good. I think those I are delicious. Those. I, I loved like the day after Easter, uh, but. I do miss some Easter candy. Unfortunately, some of it comes back for other holidays. Like Cadbury managed to squeeze Cadbury eggs into Halloween and called them scream eggs. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, guys. Great talking to you. Uh, People out there listening, thank you so much for being here. We love and appreciate you. Uh, Please come back next week. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for uh, listening to Take 4 Wrestling. Boom!